We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is the thursday edition the weekend is almost upon us and it is your normal thursday crew i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast game on wisconsin on the quick slants podcast along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report. Mark, we were just chatting a little bit, and believe it or not, we're like a week away from rookies coming in. This thing is getting real. Oh, yeah. it's You know, it's funny, and I, I knew it when I covered football those years, and it's gotten worse or better, depending on on your point of view, I guess, but there's not much of an offseason. People think, oh, they only play, you know, 17 games now and eight so 18 weeks i mean between the draft and free agency you know that eats up months at a time mm-hmm. and then there's a little break and then before you know it the rookies are reporting for training camp mark there could and be I two mean, there could be two weeks between the super bowl and week one of the following season and nfl fans would complain that it's too long <laughs> there are the football addiction in the world is crazy and packers fans really especially is. like you no, see right you, you see how crazy you see how ornery this fan base gets by the summertime and we're, oh, well, we're approaching I mean, we're approaching that like really bad part of summer now where it's just baseball like basketball's done hockey's done there's no there's no football yet so it's just like you know what's funny I, I always and, thought now you're in arizona Right. right. I mean, are the cart now? All right. Let me let me preface it by saying when I was in Philly, I mean, the Eagles are. It's not even close. It's not even. It's you could add up. You could add up the Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies. Attention, the three of them combined don't carry what the Eagles. I mean, you know, the radio stations. They. I mean, they'll talk about an Eagles mini camp over a Flyer playoff game or a Sixer playoff game. It's yeah. That, it's that crazy. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And right. Everybody knows it. And it's funny, I was talking to, um, remember the guy, remember John Jansen played yes. tackle for the Redskins yeah. for a long time? Uh-huh. He's um, he's in Detroit. He, he does the morning show in Detroit, and he's and he's also the voice of Michigan football. So I was talking to him for a story I was writing um, for NFL.com, and we just started talking afterwards. And I asked him, I said, you know, what's, what's, what's in Detroit? What is it? You know, I asked him the same kind of thing. I told him about, the, you know, in Philly it was like this. And he said, oh, no, it, it, as bad as, you know, 
the Lions were still the kings over the Tigers. He said, because the Red Wings haven't been good for a long time. Like when Red Wings were winning Stanley Cups, then it was a little different. Or I guess when the Pistons were, were the bad boys way back when. He said, but no, it's... So we were trying to think, you know, is there any... Like in, in our so in Phoenix, the Suns are good. But the, are the Cardinals still... Is it Cardinals? No. No, it's Suns? No, the, the Phoenix crowd is whoever's best. Oh, okay. Then they'll dump the other three or the other two in a heartbeat. So it'll it'll shift if it's the D-backs, the Suns, or the Cardinals. Now the Suns were bad for a long time, but after last season, it everyone got got on the Suns bandwagon, and then they started getting on the Cardinals because they started out undefeated. But then after the Green Bay loss and all that kind of stuff, it was like, oh, let's focus on the Suns again because the Suns were you know they had the okay. best record in the NBA. So it's a very right. I mean they've had two good years. They've had back. I mean they didn't win it, but. Yeah, nobody in Phoenix wins anything. Well, remember, so. it's a melting pot crowd out here too. So you well, have a lot of people, yeah, who, I mean, and for a lot of people out here that go to the games, it's like the the Arizona teams are their second team. They're still loyal to their team yeah. back home. Yeah, I was going to say that's how it is. I, I, I went to, I used to visit Arizona a lot, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's there's as many depending on who the Cardinals were playing, there could be more fans of the other team. A lot of times, there were the sure same be. way with the Diamondbacks and. Maybe not the Suns, but um, but especially the Cardinals. I think because they were they're a tram. I mean, they're not even an original Phoenix team. You know, they moved there. Not like, they, at least the Suns were always the Suns, right? Yeah, no, they used to uh, they used to play at Sun Devil Stadium, and when they did, they weren't yep. very good. Year after year, they were bad. They sprinkle in a good season every now and then now. So, and they've got that new stadium in Glendale. So it does get it's a pretty loyal Air Cardinals crowd. It gets loud out there. But when they were at Sun Devil Stadium. It was it was kind of half and half, and sometimes like if it was the Cowboys or the Steelers oh, yeah, or the, or well, Packers, bring, it would be more than the half. Packers go to the, the, I mean, I've I've actually one of the few games I've gone to as a total fan, not as a writer, was a Cardinal Packer game. Um, God, it was years ago, but actually it was it was, it was the year. The Packers blew them out. It was like I think it was the last game of the regular season. Oh nine, yeah, that's what it would have been. The week um, before, where they were where the Cardinals were playing possum, and then they came out and like lit them up for fifty six points the next week in overtime. Yep, that's the year. Yeah, they beat them the next. Oh, I know. Overtime. I was in the house for. I, I I didn't go to the good game. I went to the bad game. I went to the yeah, playoff went to the game. game. But but I mean, there was again. It was the last game. But there were there was without a doubt as many Packer fans at that game that, that as there were Cardinal fans. Packers Even where, and I, you know, I mean, right around me, there was, if there were 50 people, it, might, it was, it was 25, 25. I mean, um, but yeah, I was, it's, I was just, you know, it's funny, like football has really almost every city like that. Well, down here, it's different because it's college football. This is, I mean, where I'm in like the South and remind everybody too, you're in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. North, I think North Myrtle, North, beach, but North whatever. Myrtle beach, but South Carolina, like, the Panthers, people like them, but like you said, mostly it's your, I'm a Packer fan. Yeah, I like the Panthers a little bit. Or, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, but yeah, I like the Panthers a little bit. Nobody And nobody lives and dies with the Panthers. Like, nobody, and when, when the Panthers lose, it's like, nah, all right, who, who they got next week? And then if they win, hey, nice win. I'm glad they won. But, like, nobody, it's not, it's not now Clemson and USC, they live and die. Like, you know, last year Clemson had a, their first kind of off year in a while, and people were very, very upset about that. Right. 
Um, this is this is much more of a college. Saturday, you know, Saturday. They, I, I somebody told me down here they play football on Saturdays. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, that's that's true though. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if you think about it, like you know, it's probably like that in Tuscaloosa and yeah. LSU and some of those other. But they don't other... have a pro team. We have a, a, a an NFL team supposedly. I mean, they're in North Carolina, but they the football still on like Saturdays. To tell us two one team, two states. You know. Yeah. Um, but again, but same way, like, well, that's, they have the hurricane and, uh, and, um, the Hornets, I guess of those, the Panthers carry more weight than both of them without a doubt. But I mean, getting, I'm, we got way off track, but football, there's very few cities, probably LA might be the one big city where football isn't king. The Dodgers and Lakers are probably still bigger than the Rams, even though the Rams won the Super Bowl. Would, yeah. Would you agree with that? I think so. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the Kings might even be bigger than it <laughs> <laughs> somehow. But, yeah, the Rams, because there, there was some video, and, of course, everything can be edited now and, and changed around and stuff. But there was a video of the Rams winning a playoff game. might have been two years ago. And there was a bar in L.A. when they, they showed, like, the, the game-winning moment. And the fan base, like half the people in the bar didn't even, weren't even watching the TV. They were just talking to their friends and carrying on a conversation. They weren't even aware that something happened. Whereas like, if you were in Philly or if you were in Green Bay or somewhere else, like you would hear that for miles away. You'd hear them screaming. So, well, Packers, Packers training camp is opening up soon. So that's good. We'll have something fun to talk about. So this hopefully is one of the last shows we'll have where we're doing more off season content. Although I do like our topic, we're going to, be ranking the positions within the Green Bay Packers from one to 10 and then giving our rationale for why they are ranked as such. So that should be a good conversation. But before we do that, Mark, as always, we got to start with the weather. Alex from Poland, furthest east, chimes in. Poland, we got, this is a new one, right? No, he's, he's been on a couple times. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been on a couple times. Um, sounds like it's high 70s during the day, low 60s in the morning, partly cloudy, which doesn't sound too bad, right? I mean, I'm in Phoenix, so everything yeah. everything else sounds much nicer than where I'm at right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And then our our uh, friend that has been chiming in on the regular Robin Erickson in Oslo, Norway, weather today at the cabin 27 miles southeast of Oslo, I should say. Uh sounds like uh thunderstorms, horizontal rain for 2 hours followed by sunshine oh and blue skies for about an hour. Followed by a short burst of hail, followed by rain for another couple of hours, and then he says the skies are finally blue again. But at least our bugs are smaller, so Ice T won't freak out over that here. And I—that's a joke. He was responding to a tweet that I mentioned where somebody found a a Palo Verde beetle and didn't know what it was, and I had to chime in on it because the responses were hilarious and they ranged everywhere from they'll kill you to they're harmless. So. Robin Erickson in in Oslo, Norway. Thank you very much for always chiming in as you do. And then we have our friend Rolf, who is in Copenhagen. And we want to give him a preemptive congratulations. His son is due today. I don't know if his wife is actually in labor, but his son is due today. So by the time you're listening to the show, we may have a new Packers fan among us. But... Sunny Copenhagen, 26 Celsius, 78 Fahrenheit, marking the countdown of the arrival of the new Packers fan. So thank you, Rolf, and congratulations to you and your family, of course. And then we come stateside, and we're at Mark Eckel at the beach where I don't – well, you didn't give us the weather yet, so how is the weather at the beach? Um, not it's, – it's been 
it's not been good beach weather. It's, it's, this is probably the longest I've been here five, almost five years now. Probably the longest I've gone without actually going on to the beach. I don't think I've been to the beach all week. It's wow. Been a, a, it's crowded because it's July and it's always crowded. If but, we hear a knock on the door, we'll know it's a welfare check. <laughs> um, it's just been uh, muggy and overcast. A lot of like on and off rain, like thunderstorm and clears up. Um, but not, you know, I always brag about how good the weather is here. This The past week and, and today included, um, that 80-ish, but a muggy 80, and not a lot of sunshine, more cloud overcast. It doesn't stop the tourists. They don't care. They, they, they still go on the beach, but I'll wait for them to leave and the sun to come back. There you go. All right. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, the home of your Green Bay Packers, it is a high of 77 degrees and sunny. Oh, nice. Uh, I always have to check the humidity factor. Uh, let's see. The humidity, only 44%. That's a little, that was in the 60s last week. So that's good. Mark, uh, Paul is, uh, Paul's doing well over there, it sounds like. Yeah. I think he's doing okay. And then our new friend, Isaac Hanks from Northern Illinois, uh, chimes in. Now remember, he is a meteorologist. So temperatures in the 70s, low humidity has returned and is here to stay all week. Looks like the coolest week of the month. And it's uh, the the muggier weather is, is uh, expected to return soon. And he says, since you brought up meteorologist terminology, I'll add that our favorite phrase in meteorologist circles for hot, humid weather is juicy air, Mark. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll remember that for next week. Remember for next week. I don't know. It doesn't seem like something either of us would say. <laughs> so no. we might have to practice that one a little bit. Here in Phoenix, obviously hot as hell. It's an oven, 111, sunny no relief in sight. One ten plus. It's the usual what you'd expect here in the in the great Phoenix locale. And always rounding it out, our friend in Kamloops, Canada, in Western Canada, Harry. Sunny and clear, almost a week with summer heat setting in. Almost time to pick the cherries and raspberries. And a high of ninety, low Whoa. of sixty three. One of the one of the cooler days this week. So it's crazy the disparity of the temperatures. And remember when he wasn't even getting sunlight on his mountain no. on his side of the mountain. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 90 and okay. Wow, that's, that's, some, that's some heat. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So there's the weather around the world. Summer's here. It sounds nice in Europe. So if you really want to go with uh, you know somewhere really nice, go out there, but... Uh, and if you, you know, if you're, if, if you need, if you're feeling cold and cool or you need to heat up, come out here and visit me. <laughs> we got plenty to go around. So, all right, Mark, we'll jump in. We're going to rank the Packers position groups. 
Uh, we haven't shared our answers with each other, so it's more fun for the listeners to listen to us debate. Hopefully there is some debate. So I'll let you kick it off, and I don't know if we're going to go from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10, so you set the, you set the pace. Um, let's go 1. Let's start with 1. Sounds good. All right, and I almost went a different route here, but I couldn't. Uh, quarterback's number 1. Um, when you have the two-time defending MVP <laughs> – that's that's got to be number one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes quarterback the best position on on the Packers. And listen, I know you know people are up and down on Jordan Love, but I don't think there's many backups I'd rather have at this point. And when you when you when you take in consideration his his potential, his upside, and I know he hasn't played great, but he hasn't. You know, I mean, there's a there's a lot of bad quarterbacks mm-hmm. and and backup roles around the league and. You know, I'll, I'll go back to scouts telling me that he was better, that they had him ranked better than any quarterback coming out of this past draft. Uh, and he was probably better than a lot of the ones that came out of the 2021 class. So when you have the MVP and a young, you know, I'll say promising backup, yeah, quarterback's number one. Yeah. Uh, quarterback's my number one, too, and it was for those same reasons. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, it's hard to – I mean, you don't have a, a – there's no other surefire Hall of Famers on this roster. No, I mean, yeah. R- Rashawn Gary right. is on his way. <laughs> I mean, if he keeps playing like he's like he's playing, if he has the kind of season, I hope he does and does it for five or six years in a row. But long way to go for him, obviously. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. You know, say what you will about yeah. what his skill set is now and any of any of that stuff. But obviously, that makes quarterback the number one position on this group because. He gives the Packers the best chance to win, and without him, if he does not play, it's going to dramatically change the season. We can't really say that about every single uh, other player on the roster, there's, although there's a couple other that are very impactful. So that one's easy, unanimous. Quarterback is number one. Where do we go for number two? Uh, I went cornerback. And I say this, you know, this this could have been one, but Jair Alexander hasn't won an MVP award. not Not yet, anyway. But Alexander, to me, Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rosal Douglas are the best trio of corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, I, and to be honest, you know, Keyshawn Nixon isn't a bad number four. He, I mean, he's a guy that's played close to 300 snaps um, with the Raiders before coming to the Packers. So as a number four, and how often, I mean, I don't even know how often they're going to go with a fourth corner. Um, there's still time to sign Kevin King again. There's still, that's amazing. No one signed him to be honest with you, but, um, if they sign him, it makes it even better, but I have corner second. I think that just the I, Alexander, you know, now he's healthy again. He's, he's in the top two or three corners in the league. You can make the argument that he's, that he's number one. Um, Stokes had a great rookie season is only going to get better. And my God, what Rosal Douglas did last year in, in half a season was just incredible. So, yeah, I have cornerbacks number two. I have I have cornerback two as well for those same okay. reasons. It's just a really stout group. The starters are really good. And then let me ask you a quick question, Mark. So yeah. w- you bring up a good, uh, really interesting point with Nixon. So with his, let's say he becomes a special team stud. We didn't rank right. special teams. Spoiler alert, if you're waiting for special teams to be ranked <laughs> on this list. Um, they're not a position group. We're doing offense and defense, but he's a cornerback, right? So let's say you have a stud at a particular position. Did that factor into any of your position groups and as far as their special teams play and and then boosting, even though they don't play corner, like you would no. give the credit to the quarterback group? No, I didn't I didn't I kept special teams out of it. Okay. Honest, I didn't I didn't 
Because that does make him. I mean, that does make him a very viable part of the oh, equation. Like, I mean, if that's he's why a, they brought him in, right? If he's they a special, but if he's a special team. teams, like let's say, let's say for example, there was like a safety that was a stud but never played on defense, and I'm ranking this and I'm doing this, and they're like the best special teamer in the league. I might boost the safety group based on that, even okay. though they're special teaming. I could see you do. I I personally did not do that, but I I wouldn't argue with you if you did. Okay. Um, same with you. If, if if Desmond Howard was still on the team, you know, he did nothing as a wide receiver with Green Bay, but he was a tremendous, you know, punt and kick returner. So yeah, I, just I, goose, I see what you're I just saying. Got goose, I just got goosebumps every time you mentioned Desmond Howard's name. Like, <laughs> I will never forget where I was and what my reaction was and what was going on when he returned that kick. Man, that was... That was something special. For those of you who are, aren't sure what I'm talking about, it's Super Bowl 31, Packers over the Patriots after the 96 Well, he was season. good that whole, not just, I mean, he capped it off, obviously, and got the Super Bowl MVP, but he was good the whole all, playoff, the whole season. Not all season. season. He had a great season. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, and so, once upon a time, the Packers actually had a good return game. Well, that, that's the amazing thing, and I've heard you say it a bunch of times before, too, that there's very few teams in NFL history that had the number one special teams, offense, and defense in the same season. Same that team year. did. So it's a good thing they won it all. That would have been one of the most disappointing teams in history if they hadn't. So, oh, right, yeah. All right, yeah. so quarterback, uh, quarterback and cornerback are one and two. We, and we agree so far. And we, okay, agree, we do agree so far. Yeah, I just, again, I mean, the, I think Stokes is going to elevate. And, and who would have thought a year ago right now, if we were listening to our future selves and we're talking about a guy named Russell Douglas well, being I, among I, one I, of the best corners in the league, we wouldn't have even known who that was. Well, I, I'm a big Russell Douglas guy. I'm, not that I thought he'd be, now listen, I'm not going to yeah, That's true. I'm not going to pretend that I thought he was going to do what he did, but I did beat the drum for them trying to signing him. I did. I really did. Cause I, I knew him in Philly and he wasn't a bit, I can't, I couldn't believe he wasn't on a roster. I mean, again, I didn't expect him to have the year he had or the half a year that he had, but I thought he was good enough. Not even if not green Bay, something like I was surprised the Eagles let him go. Then, then he signed with Carolina. So I saw him here. And he had a decent year at Carolina, and I was, and then they let him go, and I was like, this, am, "Am I missing something? Is he? Does he have?" And, and, and I know the kid, so I know he's not a bad guy. He's a great guy, works hard. Like you read the stories, how he works harder than any first guy there. He stays late and watches film, so he's not a, he's a pleasure to have on the team. I couldn't believe, like you know, the Raiders cut him. Like, but then, and then I thought, well, the Raiders do stupid things, so <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, right? And then Arizona signed, but they put him on a practice squad. I'm like. He's good. He's better than a lot of these guys Arizona has playing corner. He didn't so, get opportunities in games. I mean, whether – and the Packers had to. I mean, they were in a position they, with – if, if Jair it, Alexander it, never gets hurt, there's the, right. we he's don't know who Russell Douglas is. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, and it's, it's unfortunate because I would never – and you would obviously never never trade in Jair hurting his shoulder for no. us finding Rasul because, you know, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have had to worry about it because we would have still had the three corners. You can throw – King out there, and along with Jair. Well, I and, wanted and them to sign him anyway, Stokes. as a fourth. As you know, with because King's always hurt, which is probably why no one has signed him yet. But I mean, I lo- I love Stokes, and I liked out. But I I thought I actually, and he and I when I when I was in Philly, a lot of people, me being one, thought Douglas would make a make a very good safety. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a lot and of talk it, about that because fans were worried if they didn't move him to safety that they were going to cut him or not bring him back because they weren't going to 
they weren't going to value him. And they're like, well, put him at safety. And it's like, well, then you're taking Darnell Savage or Amos off the field. We don't want to do that well, either. It's just that his, he's versatile enough that he can, he could, he, he, again, after last year, everything changed for him. But I always thought he was because, because of his size and strength and, and his hitting ability, tackling ability, that he was good enough to be a backup at both spots, which is great to have some of that. This is like when you have an offensive lineman who could play guard, guard or tackle. They're good because you can fill them in, you know, you can fill in at three, four different spots for you. That's what I thought Razul could be. You know, I didn't, again, no one, including the Packers, let's be honest. They didn't think they, they didn't, they didn't know what they were getting when they signed him. They didn't think he was going to bring, you know, picks back for touchdowns and win games for him and stuff. Right. But, you know, but he's that kind of he's he's a good player. He's a I'm so happy for the kid. He found know. the right he he found the right situation. I mean, yep. Green Bay obviously works well for him, and I I don't know if he'll have quite the the fireworks he had last season. But if he just deters the quarterback from throwing the ball in that direction right. and creates for other guys too, fine with it. He's a yeah he's a solid player. Like he was solid in in Philly and Carolina. He wasn't a star like this, but he was he was he was good enough. Like I mean. I guess I'm, I was surprised those both teams let him go. But and thank God they did. I'm glad they did. Yeah, thank All right, God. So, now, so are we staying on the three. are we staying on the offensive side of the ball or are we going on D? I went offense. Okay, it was close. I went running back three. <laughs> okay, you're, you're silent. <laughs> no, I'm silent because uh, we're three for three so far. Oh, well, All right. Okay. Well, that means we must be right. Yeah. I mean, again, and I went. You know, I mean, you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, it's that's, hard to beat that. I think they, they you could make the case that's the best. I mean, you got Cleveland. I'm not going to take anything away from the Browns with, with their backfield. Um, in the NFC, I think they're the best. I think the Packers have the best running backs in the NFC. Oh, there's Vikings fans lining up outside our uh, Viking fans. Dalvin, <laughs> let Dalvin Cook play 16 games once. <laughs> right. And then, I'll, and, and then I'll talk to you. Well, 17 would be even better. 17 now. Well, he, hadn't, he can't even play 16. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Jones and Dillon, are, that's, that's, and they're, you know, and this year I think they're going to even be better because they're going to, they're going to catch a lot of balls too this year. See, that was my thing too, was I think the, the opportunities that Jones especially is going to get in the passing because you want to get these two on the field at the same time. Matt yep. LaFleur has said it a couple of times this off season. And that's, that's one of the reasons too, but I mean, I'm not going to lump them in with the wide receivers. I'm going to give the running back group the credit for, the expected pass production that we should see from them as well. So that's why I had them in there too. And I just, you know, you, you just get a sense for what's coming and, you know, Aaron Jones is a good dude. He, he works hard and AJ Dillon just seems like he's really got, he, the, you know, he gets it. The light bulb's gone off and he's, he's ready to make year three, like a big year. He's coming into this season. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm a dude. I'm a pro. Like he's, you still have things to learn. You can be coached and things like that. But he's got that confidence, and he's going to hit the ground running. There isn't going to be this slow ramp up for him at the beginning of the season because last year he was he hadn't played regularly, and so he hadn't had an experience with with week to week like being a guy that was going to get rotated in. At this point now, that's you know it's run of the usual run of show. He's going to get a ton of carries. Oh, so, yeah. I, so that's I so that's an easy one. So running back is three. So now we move to position group number four. This might be where we start to separate. All right, well, you we'll go s- first. We'll see. Time. Oh, okay. You go first to see. Maybe you both disagree. Well, I have inside linebacker four. That's what I <laughs> Okay. I have inside linebacker four because yep. now uh, 
Devondre Campbell is the majority of the reason for this ranking because he's proven and, you know, all pro. You can you can uh, make a case that Pro Bowls don't really matter because the game is so stupid, but all pros are not fluky. I mean, you know, and, and if he doesn't come back and have an all pro season this year, well, he's still going to be better than a lot of what they've had at inside linebacker over the past 10 years. And that's just Devondre Campbell. Then you add into the mix, Chris Barnes is back. Now, Barnes, we talked about him last week. Not flashy, but he knows this defense, and he was the guy that was manning the inside the year prior before they had Devondre Campbell. Now, he was not, you know, he's not dynamic by any means. There's a reason he was an undrafted free agent. But then you throw into the mix Quay Walker, who's a rookie. He's an unknown. We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know how much they're going to move him around on defense. We don't know how much pure inside linebacker he's going to play. But on the on the position, the depth chart, that's where he's listed. So there's the P word. A lot of potential there. A lot of talent. For me, it's hard. It's really hard to to for these other position groups to overtake that because it's a pretty deep group, Mark. Yes. Oh, I agree. That's why. I can say that, you know, that group on a lot of other teams, I would rank them higher than fourth. But that tells you that the, how good the Packers are, that they're only fourth. I mean, like you said, you have an all-pro, a first-round pick. And Chris Barnes, is a, he's not a great player, but he's a good, solid player. Solid. He's your, and he's a, as far as backups go, mm-hmm. that's a damn good backup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, they, they, they check in at, at number. And like I said, on a lot of teams, they would be even be higher, but uh, but I but fourth is where they belong with on the, on this Green Bay Packers. Oh team. man, we're almost halfway through the list, and we're four for four. That's Andy, it. this Go is ahead. a big feather in Andy Herman's cap. He obviously paired up two good good two good uh, partners together here. We think very All much right. alike. All right, so uh, position group number five. You going first or me? You go first. I got safety. Oh, okay. We 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 disagree. I got safety. So once. they're not deep. No, they're not. A, they're not a deep group. But if the starters are playing, I think this this group has a lot to offer. I think they're they're really good, and and I guess you could you could probably you could probably come at me a little bit for my logic with my number six um, because five and six to me are both pretty close. But the two starters are you know you you can't complain about it. Adrian Amos is as good as it gets. Yeah. He's been so good since coming over from the Bears. And of course, it's you know it's sticking it to the Bears fans, so that makes it even better. And Darnell Savage, I'll say this: I believe in Darnell Savage. I think he's going to be good this year. But every year, Mark, this is like the third year in a row we've heard about Darnell Savage breaking out, and it's like I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, I don't know if he's going to break out. He may have already broken out. I don't know, but I still say you can do a lot worse than Darnell Savage. And I will, I will be interested to see with all the the changes on defense with adding Walker and. You got Wyatt up front too. You got the cornerback group back. If that versatility and that they, you know, having the the secondary as strong as they are gives Joe Barry the ability to move Savage around and let him do some things that he's really good at versus having him do things that he has to do because there's no other choice. So I I like the I like the safety group. Um, and when I get to my next position group, it's going to be kind of the the same mentality. Um, you know, not necessarily well, so I know much where about you're going the next Yeah, moment. not so much about see, depth, so but, it, but it's I a, have a different see my five is the defensive line. Okay. And I say mainly be, like and the reason I have them five is similar to why quarterbacks 
is number one because you have Kenny Clark, who I think is I'm, I'm the biggest Kenny Clark fan there there is. I mean, I, I think he's the most underrated player, not just on the team, maybe in the league. I mean, he's so good and he makes people around him better. When he's playing well, Lowry plays better. When you know, he, and I think um, they, you know, the the addition of of Devontae Wyatt, first round pick, um, the addition of of Jerron Reed, who is a pretty solid. I mean, again, not a star, but a guy that not too long ago had twelve, what, ten and a half or eleven sacks for mm-hmm. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have T.J. Slayton, a guy that I think they're they're hoping, you know, takes another step from from his rookie year. This is as deep as this defensive line has been in a long, long. And Dean Lowry, who I mentioned with Kenny Clark, but um, I just think this defensive line is going to be very good this year, probably as good as it's been in a long, long time. And it starts with Kenny Clark. So I, when I looked at, every, at all the other positions, I just thought they have the star in, in Clark, and now they have some depth and a, a, and a potential star in wide. I mean, you take a guy in the first round, he, he's supposed to be be pretty good. So I went with defensive line five. Defensive line obviously is further down for me, and the reason for that is because I like the players that they have, but we just don't know as Green Bay Packers what they're going to be at Slayton. We don't know how much he's going to elevate in year two, and then we'll have to see what Reed and Wyatt actually provide to the defense when the season starts. So, but Kenny, your Kenny Clark, uh, obviously no argument there. I mean, he's he's one of the best up there, and so I, I looked at the safety position, and I'm like, well, there's only two guys there, so maybe it's unfair. But if you look at the quality of the guys that should be out there to start, I guess there's there's there was still some question marks, and so I moved it moved them down a little bit on the list, and I had and I have safeties lower because Amos is very good, Amos is good, but he's not. I think I think Kenny Clark's one of the best defensive tackles in the game, if not one. I mean, he's he's not Aaron Donald, but um, he's in the. I think he's one of the best. I think Amos is very good. I wouldn't. I think there's a lot of safeties better, and Savage has been up and down. I mean, there's potential there. It's still it's still there. Like like you said, every we're waiting for him to break out. He had some he had some issues last year. He you know that Viking loss. You, you could pin that on him. Um, you know, catch the ball. Yep. Um, but I mean, and there's nobody behind us. Not yet. I see. You know, the depth there is a big concern. I mean, and again, it might talk to me in six months and I might say, Hey, you know what? Safety is pretty good. I mean, Sean Davis, Vernon Scott, the, um, I always forget the kid's name that they drafted out of Georgia tech carpenter, three carpenter. Um, they might, one of them might turn into be a very good player, but we don't, again, we don't, I have more confidence in Wyatt and Reed and Slayton than I do in Davis and Scott and, um, Carpenter. Yeah, that's I fair. Think, you know, so that's why I have safety lower. That's fair. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's why I like these because sometimes the rationales are, are a little different and that, that and again, nuances. Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark makes them to me makes it clear cut. It makes a big difference. Clear and I'm, again, I, and, and I know I'm the I'm, I'm I'm the biggest Kenny Clark, and I like Dean Lowry more than most people too. But I'm the biggest Kenny Clark's my favorite player on the team. I've, I've been saying that for the last however many years. I can vouch, <laughs> as can our fans if they listen to the show. So regularly. So who's your number? So so who's number six? I have offensive line number six. Okay. And I say, now, if you tell me if back the when Jenkins are healthy, then it's probably even higher than six, but it's not, that's not the case, but still 
I like the youth and depth. I like Runyon and Myers and Newman and Neiman and Ryan and Zach Tom. It's, and again, I know there's a lot of questions there, but I just think it's, and, and this, this is a factor. And I know he's the offensive coordinator now, but he's still going to have his hands on the offensive line. Adam Stenovich is might be the best offensive line coach in the in in the league right now. I know there's, there's a lot of good ones, but he's got it. If he's not the best, he's in the top two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's going to make. He's. I mean, look what you've seen what he's done already with certain with guys, right? So I think he's going. I think Sean Ryan's going to flourish under him. I think Newman and Myers are just going to get better and better under him. Um, same with Neiman. I mean, he has some. He has some good in Zach Tom. He has some talented young players, and I'm sure he's just looking at him saying, "Man." I'm going to turn these guys into stars. <laughs> well, hopefully he does. And, you know, I have an offensive line lower because of, of my, what I said on one of our recent shows too. I'm not very optimistic about David Bakhtiari. I don't have any source. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just not, I'm just not very optimistic. And so that, that could, that, that has them ranked a little well, bit lower for me. You're, you're a Packer fan. So you, you're, you're a warrior. Warrior. <laughs> Lean to the negative. Um, I had the edge group, and you knew that okay. kind of from what I, the way I teed it up. So I have the edge group next, and it was the same rationale as safety, where if the two starters are out there, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, it's hard not to like that. But the depth right. behind them is you know is is not that great. So those guys are going to have to be healthy, play well. I will be interested to see what the if if Quay Walker ends up can ends up end up helping there. I don't know if his size is is consistent with edge rushers. Because I don't, I don't like it when they try to plug guys in and just you, we've seen them try to do that before, where it's like, let's try to give them some edge opportunities. Like, didn't they do that with Oren Burks? They tried to they put tried him to, on the edge just, just as a hail to mary to, to try to keep Burks. him on the roster or something like he that. Couldn't or, do anything else, so they, they yeah. tried him. To, yeah, they just. See, they Walker, tried. I think Walker has good size to play. He, I mean, compared to their up I mean, like everybody keeps talking about Randy Ramsey, he's way too small. And he's injured. Outside he rush. hasn't been. He hasn't stayed healthy either. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm not sold on him. I don't think he makes a team. And uh, and same with um, the other guy, Tippa. Uh, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, he's Tipa too Nalaya. small, also. Now John Garvin has the size. He just has to put it together. Yeah, and you've said that many times. I mean, he's 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 what you like on paper, but he's got to do it on the field. So right. edge wise. You know, I still think Rashawn Gary, just because I expect so much out of him this season, I do think he's going to be a pro bowler. He's going to be really good. I mean, I don't, oh, know, about, yeah. I don't know about leading lead in sacks. That that would be no. great. But I think he'll be really, really good there. So I uh, projected a little bit and put edge at, uh, at, at my number six. So, and you had offensive line. So then who is yes. your number seven? My seven was edge rush. Edge, okay. For and me, I had defensive said, line. I, I lo- and I said, if, if we were just talking starters, I would have them much higher, but because they, they don't have right now, um, anyone that I could really say I'm confident as, as being a number three and it might be Walker. could be the kid from South Carolina, but they're rookies. I mean, we, as good, I know we're, 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 we both love Gary now and we're saying how he could be, how good he could be, but he was a first, he was a first round pick number 12 overall mm-hmm. and really didn't do much as a rookie. He was, he was their fourth guy as a rookie. So I can't expect a fifth-round pick out of South Carolina or a guy that is really an inside guy that you might give him a few snaps outside to make that big of an impact. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still think, and I could be wrong, um, I still think there will be another edge rusher on this team 
be, before they open the season against the Vikings. Now, it might not come until other teams make cuts. Uh, it might not come until the middle. Of, I mean, I don't know when it's going to come. But I just think they're going to be looking around. And now, again, unless Garvin, the light bulb, might not. Now, John Garvin's a young, a young, young man. And he's, I think he was 20 when he drafted him, right? I think you mentioned that last week, too. He's got age on his side. Yeah, I mean, he's probably the same age or younger than a lot of kids that were drafted this past um, April. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and he has two years experience in the, you know, in, in the locker room, in the, in the meetings, he hasn't done it on the field yet. But again, if he's 22, maybe, maybe this is the year, maybe he does. And again, he doesn't have to be a, 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 a superstar by any means. He has to be a, a good, he has to be Kyle Fackrell. That's all. Be a good backup mm-hmm. or be what Chris Barnes is to the inside linebackers. Be a good, solid backup. And, be, be and, productive. Then, and then that group's very good. Be productive. Yeah, be productive. And if, Don't be and, a liability. First, well, and first listen, start, start off by not being a liability when you're out there. Well, listening to this is is it just gets getting you kind of reinvigorated. For me, it is. It's getting me re-excited about the depth on this team and hopefully, hoping oh, yeah. that if they, they need to rely on them, that these guys can give them something and not just be a body out there because it's going to be really disappointing if the Packers, once again, are are stuck late in the season because – they had one too few guys at a position group. But, again, you can only have so many, and, and the Packers have a lot of really good players, and that's why this, this list has been been kind of interesting. But now, well, we're I, starting to, now we're starting to separate each other because we, you know, we have different different rankings. Well, I still think, like, like I said, I, I, I think when camp, you know, camp opens rookies next week and then the veterans come in the 26th, I believe, um, I think they're going to watch Garvin and maybe Ramsey, who I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not high on, but um, – and a kid from South Carolina, um, and see what they have. And if, if like, a, if best case scenario is Garvin really comes into his own, and the kid from South Carolina can can play, can can, can be a, a fourth guy, mm-hmm. and they say, okay, we're fine, we don't have to. Go. But if they look at it and say, nah, the kid, the kid ain't ready, and Garvin isn't just, he's just not the guy, then I think they start making calls or looking up who's available. Um, I mean, they probably, I'm sure they've already made, they, they probably, they probably have kicked the tires on a couple available pass rushers or, or know that, that, that they can make a trade with somebody. I mean, they, you know, they, they do their homework. They, they, I mean, we act like the Packers do things on, you know, on a whim. No, they're, they're, if anything, they're, they're very prepared for, for, for things like this. Yeah, usually, um, you know, so they know what, but they, they're going to give their guys first crack. And to see if, if, you know, to see what's going on. And like I said, if by the middle of preseason it's not happening, they'll make a move. Right. This isn't Ted Thompson's Packers anymore. Where right, Ted no. would just keep promoting from within and <laughs> hope for the best. Listen, Ted did a great job. He won a Super Bowl, built a Super Bowl champion. But he was reluctant to make splashy moves. He did a couple times. And, when he, and it's funny, but he did it. He worked. I don't, which is probably surprising he didn't do it more often. That'll remain a mystery. All right, so we're at number eight now, correct? We're at number, well, we're number seven. I guess uh, number six for me was defensive line. We already talked about okay. that. And then um, number seven, uh, actually, no, I take that back. Six for me was edge. Seven was defensive line. Okay. So you're right. Yeah, we're at, we're at number my eight. My seven was edge rusher. Now, my eight, my eight is safety. Okay. And I put them there. Like I said, you know, the starters are fine, but I'm worried about that depth. 
it was the offensive line for me, and it's because of uh, the, the Bakhtiari concern and Elton Jenkins not starting the season. And so you, you just don't know. It's the uncertainty factor. I mean, if the offensive line is if, – if Jenkins and Bakhtiari are both healthy and they're both starting the season, that's my number two. Because I'm not going to overtake quarterback. You're not going to overtake quarterback with no. Rodgers. But offensive line, if those two are healthy right now, just so everyone knows, just, just so – you know, that's my number. They're my number two. I'm I'm putting them ahead of corner. Well, okay. I would have put them three, but I, that's, but we're we're on the same we're on the same page. There. Yeah, because I think Elton Jenkins is on a trajectory to be an all a perennial All Pro oh, and, yeah. and Pro Bowler, and Bakhtiari has already proven who he is. So, um, all right, then we move on to to number nine. Number I have wide receiver at number nine, and so do I. So we're we're, we're going to agree on that. So we agreed on the first four, and the last five, two, six, seven, eight. We had the same five, six, seven, eight, but in different order. Yep. And it looks like we're going to have the same nine and ten. I have wide receiver nine. Yep. And then and tight end ten. Yes. So we can kind of we can kind of lump them together. So your your wide receiver ranking being low, I'd assume it's probably because of the question marks. Well, yeah, we don't know. I mean, I, I you know the hope is by the end of the year this group comes together and and you know and it comes together right in time for you know the stretch run of the season and and the postseason. Mm-hmm. But right now it's it's, you know, two rookies, a second-year man who didn't do much as a rookie, um, two veterans who have had a problem staying healthy recently, and, and um, Sammy Watkins and, and Randall Cobb, and then Alan Lazard, who's a nice player and a kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, not not a guy that you, you look at as a number one receiver. So... Yeah, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of questions there. Now, the rookies could become could be good. They uh, Amari Rogers could break out as a second year. Cobb and Watkins could stay healthy and and put up big and put up good numbers. And Lazard Lazard is a constant. I mean, he's going to be what he is. I don't think all of a sudden he's going to become, you know, um, you know. Gary Rice. No, but you'll get the good stuff you've gotten out of him the last three years. Yeah, he's going to be Al Lazard. I mean, he's going to block. He's going to make some tough catches. He's going to score some touchdowns. He's going to be Al Lazard. He's going to be a good player. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden turn into Devontae Adams or, you know, he's not, that's not what he is. Um, so, yeah, I have him there, but I have him above tight end because at least they're all healthy. Well, and if you're if you're relying on Robert rookies, isn't healthy. for me, well, for me, relying on rookies means you're going to be ranked low because we just don't, you know, right. that's not that's not a wise thing to do, especially if you're a betting man, and and also we don't we don't know what they what they have and what they're going to be. I mean, Christian Watson, we know what he can what he can do and what he has done, but he's never played an NFL snap, exactly. and then hasn't Romeo, NFL. he hasn't played in a real hasn't played, college. He played at you know a minor league college. <laughs> North North Dakota State, which is true. No, I mean in a bad way, but he didn't play in Alabama or Georgia or LSU. He played at North Dakota State. And Dubs, Romeo Dubs, is you know even lower draft pick. So you you know there's there's a lot of a lot of hope that he's going to be good. It sounds like he's you know is going to be a a favorite to get good opportunity to make the roster, but you never know. And so with all those question marks there, Randall Cobb's a year older, like you said, Lazard. If Lazard's going to give us what what he's always given us, then it's that's great. But you know, there's no Devontae Adams to be the the firework creator. So there's just a lot of there's a lot of question marks, and we're not gonna we're not gonna throw any potential 
Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon production in on the wide receiver group because no, we're just we're ranking it. Right. I mean, you know, one of the things I think could really tip this this um, discussion is Amari Rodgers because if if he does or doesn't, then because he's going to be one of the one of the guys that they keep, and I don't necessarily think that that's going to make a create a mistake where it's like oh they didn't keep Jawan Winfrey or Malik Taylor and one of those guys got snatched up and that's going to make a huge difference. No. But if you have one guy on in a position group and he's not not really able to perform because man he didn't play much at all at receiver last season unless he had to right. and in the you know in the games where Adams missed then he's got a long way to go to get on the field now I'm hearing the right things from the coaching staff but I also think coaches have to say positive things I do sure. think part of it's true. And I think because, you know, Matt LaFleur did say, you know, he does get candid with us. A part of it, I also think, is is the coaching staff. You know, what are they going to do? Get get on the microphone and say, I don't know. I don't know if this kid, this he might have been a mistake in the third round. <laughs> like, they're not going to no. say that. So, anyway, that's that's why. And then I think you kind of started talking about tight end. And Tunyon's not healthy yet. And Mercedes Lewis is older. And we've already talked about Josiah DeGuara not being a pure tight end. So, again, not a very deep group. And the question marks makes them kind of, a, an, unfortunately, an easy candidate for that 10 spot. Yeah, if Tunyon's healthy, if he never gets hurt last year, I'd probably have them ahead of wide receivers, but that's not the case. He he is. Like I said, at least at least the wide receivers have question marks, but as of right now, they're all they could all start the season. Tunyon but now I'm hearing good reports that mm-hmm. he may not he may start the season on the active roster, not on pup. Because because they don't want him, they think he'll be ready within six. They, they don't want to send him out for six weeks. Maybe he might send him out for two. That would or three. be huge if he can. Yeah. So I mean, um, but still, he's not going to opening day. He's not, I I strongly doubt he's going to play opening day. So and like you said, Mercedes is a year older, and he, at this point, he's he's more of an offensive lineman than he is a receiver. Um, Deguara is an unknown, um, and then Davis and Daphne are. Good special teams players, good backup tight ends, but you know there's there's nothing. And again, it, there's last year if we were if we had done this last year, we probably wouldn't have. We probably would have said we we would have likely had inside linebacker very low, saying, well, you know, we don't know about Devontae Campbell, and you know, and uh, Chris Barnes is a young guy that we had a lot of questions, you know. But as it turned out, <laughs> inside linebacker became higher up because because of Campbell. So maybe DeGuara, maybe Tyler Davis, maybe one of these guys turns out to have a great year. We don't that's but as of today, as of July fourteenth, I gotta put tight ends last. Yeah, I did the same. I did the absolute same. So let's say that we were gonna throw special teams into the mix. Where would you have put special teams? Now we're talking about kicker, punter Coverage yep. teams, return men. You can call all, you can pick all, throw all of Everything. them in there. Probably below wide receiver ahead of tight end. So still towards towards the bottom. Right I, now, yeah. I mean, I with the hope that they're going to be a lot better, and I think they're going to be. But I, I know that's just my hope. I think the coach will make a big difference. Um, I think some of the players they've added, but until I see it, I mean, just because. I think this Rich Bisacci is going to be a good coach. I, I could be wrong. I don't, you know, um, just because I think they're going to be better in coverage. And 
they'll probably have 11 men on the field all the time. Um, which they didn't last year, obviously. Uh, so yeah, and the right I, I eleven guys, not not I, the, I not guys out of position. Yet. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think Crosby's going to. I think Mason Crosby will have a bounce back season. I really do, but I don't know that. You know, I think the punter will be more consistent than 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 the guy last year. Um, and I think the return game. I think, and you mentioned Amari Rogers. I think if if they take him off returns. And just, I think that that'll be that'll clear a lot off his plate, and he can concentrate and focus more on being the, you know, being a wide receiver. Because I'm pretty sure Dubs is going to do punts, and Watson will do kickoffs. I mean, they were both pretty good at it in college. Well, whoever whoever's best for it, just put them out there and let's do it. Let's let's take one to the house because the Packers haven't had a special teams uh, score in a really long time. So I probably yeah. would have them if there's eleven. Then I'm probably they're nine or ten. They're kind of it's like yeah. res, them and receiver, then tight end. Same thing. Okay. Same thing for me. That's the Bisaccia factor. You know, I'd like to think that hopefully yeah, they, they they move up. But we can't expect miracles. You know, it's not a special team show, but we cannot expect miracles. I, they're not going to all of a sudden be a top five unit. I mean, I don't even think not, they'll be not t- in one year. It not even happen. top ten. I mean, if they all they have to do. I mean, what 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 would they have to do, Mark, for you? I mean, to me, if they're in the high, if they're in the high. Um, the high twenty is it the high twenties or low twenty? The low twenties. Low twenties. Yeah, if they're in the low twenties or better, then that's that's a pretty significant improvement year over year. Well, I've seen this before, and I, I think I, I mentioned this. I don't know a couple weeks ago, whenever we last time we really got into special teams. The Eagles had the worst special teams in the league back in. No, what, what year would it have been? Ninety-seven. Terrible special teams. The coach was Joe Wessel, nice man, but. You know, he got fired, and I don't think he ever coached again. I think he became something. I don't know what he got into, but he wasn't. Um, he didn't coach special teams anymore. Uh, they hire John Harbaugh, and and again, it wasn't like they went out. They didn't even they didn't even make a ton of um, personnel moves. It was just the attitude. It was just getting guys to believe in what he, what he wanted to do. And, and better schemes. I mean, people talk about offensive schemes and defensive schemes. Well, special teams has have schemes too, you know, that they that they run. And, and better coaches have better schemes. And better coaches know what pe- what players to put out on, on, on in different roles. Um, and the Eagles went from Harbaugh's first year. They they didn't go from worst to top five, but they they went like I don't know where I I don't remember. I think they were like. They may have been like around 20, maybe low 18, 19, 20, in, in that area. Um, mostly because they had a good kicker. They had David Akers. So, or no, no, I'm, I'm wrong. They didn't, Akers wasn't there yet, but they did, but they had, a, I forget who the kicker was, but he was pretty good. Norm Johnson, I believe it was. Okay. Um, but anyway, and, and the punter, they had a decent punter too. Um, but those coverage, the coverage teams got better. The return game got a little better, and they were like again they they were no longer a liability. You you didn't you know cringe every time they they kicked off, or you didn't you know close your eyes every time they they punted. You know it was like okay, I, you know you um, know, and then from there after that, and I got a lot of that was Andy Reid coming in too and letting Harbaugh devoting so much time to special teams, giving them their own practice schedule, and you know some days it was just special teams and. Then that's when they went. They were top five almost every year and, and number one quite a few years. So, I, I've seen a coach make a big difference in special teams. Right. 
Well, and hopefully they, they have to. I mean, they, they're going to have to improve, and, and I think that's why they brought in Bisaccia. He's the highest-paid special teams coach now in the league, and, you know, Green Bay, you know, say what you will, but they were like, hey, we're not – let's just do it. We're not going to take any right. chances, and and we've got to make sure we're putting resources uh, towards it. So, well, I guess next week there might be some buzz, as they say, Mark. <laughs> might be there some might buzz be. around training camp. Who knows? Will the Packers have any more players? Will they, will they have made a move? Training camps are starting, which means if there's any players out there and, and there's any hopes that the Packers might add another player, do they do it now? Do they wait? We'll see. So yep. for this week, what is up at Packer Report and what's coming up? Uh, up now is a story on undrafted. Yeah. Every year it seems the Packers keep an undrafted rookie, right? Last year it was Jack Heflin. Um, in the past, I mean, you know, we, we can go on and on. Lucas Patrick and uh, Lane Taylor and... Uh, Chris Barnes, we talked about earlier. Every year, they they seem to keep one. So I give you four names of potential undrafted rookies that have a chance of making the team this year. That's up there now. And then coming later today, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to look for yourself and see. I give my guy, the the player on the Packers, who I think is going to have a breakout season. And it might surprise a lot of people. Ooh. Good stuff. I'll tell you later. So Steven Wordle, <laughs> is Steven Wordle, the, the long snapper. No, he's going to actually not. learn how to block. <laughs> it's not Steven Wordle. No, hopefully not. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, everybody, thanks for riding along with us. It was uh, a lot of weather. Thanks to everyone who sent in their yeah. weather. Send it in. It's always more fun during the summer. So send it, send it in to us. Try to get it to us by the, the middle of Wednesday, uh, West Coast U.S. time, I guess we'd say, since we have a lot of international <laughs> participants and we'll happily read it on the next edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So it's been a good one. We'll, uh, we'll do this again next week. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Staying cool wherever you're at. Staying safe. And as always, Go Pack Go.